welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I investigate things that have been said on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I'll be looking at episode 1848 with Francis Foster and Constantine Kissin. They are the hosts of the podcast Trigonometry. If you attempt to look up Trigonometry, I'm not sure why you would want to do this, but if you did, you would discover that it does not have its own Wikipedia page. However, there is a rap album from 2003 called Trigonometry that does have a Wikipedia page, thus proving that it is the more relevant piece of media. Of course, the name of that album is referring to the Triggers of Guns, because in 2003, gangster rappers did not care or even know about trigger warnings. It was a very different time, you have to understand. Uh, This whole episode is basically going to be me talking about a few different stats that they bring up, which I found interesting, although that's probably like half of the episodes of this podcast. (laughs) The first thing they really get into is Brexit, because they are both British. This will become more important later. Constantine says that it wasn't just right-wing people who voted to leave in Brexit. And while it isn't as though literally no left-wing people voted to leave, their overall point here is wrong. YouGov polls showed that 60% of conservative party voters voted to leave. And in political land, 60% is pretty big. So just generally speaking, if there's a conservative British person, then odds are they voted to leave. Rogan responded to these Brexit comments by saying that a similar thing happened in America. He says that a lot of left-wing people voted for Trump because they didn't like Hillary. A lot of people did this, he says. Now, obviously, this is wrong, but I wanted to look into the actual numbers because I thought it was interesting. 9% of Democrats voted for Trump, and 10% of, quote, liberals, according to exit polling. So not a lot, as, as you would imagine. But I do want to know, you know, who these people are. It's kind of interesting. Trump uh, did worse in 2020, where he only got 5% of the Democrat vote. Uh, That's pretty shocking. (laughs) I bet you didn't expect that. For comparison, Romney got 7% of the Democrat vote. So I guess these sorts of numbers are pretty much par for the course. The highest one of these numbers people voting for the opposite party's candidate. The highest one of these things I could find was Bush in 2004 and 2000, who got 13% of the so-called liberals' votes. I do not know why this is, really. Uh, So I'm just going to say it was because of 9-11. That sounds plausible. And it feels good to say this was because of 9-11. It has a good... There's just something to that. There's something to that. It feels definitive. And people say post 9-11, which now, I mean, that's going to become increasingly absurd as a term the further we get into the future. If people are still saying that in like 2080, it's going to be like, well, that's a lot of time that is post 9-11. Eventually, it will be more time than pre-9-11. Think about that. Bill Clinton, however, is the most powerful person in this category. It's a little bit different, though, um, because in 1996, 
he got 20% of, quote, moderate Republicans' votes, and he got 44% of so-called liberal Republicans. I guess they kept track differently back then. I, I couldn't find, like, equivalent polling, so this is kind of different, and I don't know exactly what this means. But still, I do think this shows that everyone loved Bill Clinton. And if you just if you stop being a paranoid conspiracy theorist and you stop thinking about China Gate and the Clinton Foundation and Epstein, if you just stop worrying about that like a weirdo, you will see why he was so popular. He was a cool guy. So basically Rogan is wrong. <laughs> this didn't happen. Uh, liberals didn't vote for Trump. I, I know, surprising. I do wonder about this small section of voters, though. Who are these people? Personal, personally, I have never met someone who identifies as a Democrat or a liberal who voted for Donald Trump. So I, I really cannot imagine what they are like or who they are. If you are, if you fall into this category or if you like know people who do, you should email, email me. I want to know. I want to know like what their reasoning was. And I'm, I'm not, like, joking to, like, insult them. Like, I genuinely am curious as to what the thought process these people had was. I think the reason Rogan will sort of throw out these sorts of comments, like, you know, liberals voted for Trump, I think it's because he, he likes to try and criticize both parties. It can be a good way to sort of feign, like, a vague neutrality, and you can just sort of say, well, you know, both parties, you know, they're bad. Remember Hillary? Remember that? That was that was pretty bad. And I think he, he has said other sort of things to to this same effect. Later, Constantine brings up a stat that really got me thinking. He says that in Britain, 40% of people want masks to be mandatory forever, and 20% want nightclubs shut down permanently because of COVID. I totally expected this to be wrong. But not only is it true, he is actually downplaying how much British people crave these sorts of extreme lockdown measures. Now, keep in mind, this guy's whole thing is that, you know, liberals are like literally the gulag archipelago, and it's like literally the Soviet Union being resurrected. So that's his like whole thing. And even he doesn't know just how bad things really are when it comes to these sorts of weird measures that British people support. It is actually a quarter of people in the poll he's talking about, which I found, that wanted clubs to be closed forever. Just no more clubs. One in four people said this is just a business that should no longer exist now that we have COVID. And among 16 to 24-year-olds, the people who supposedly actually go to clubs, it was 40%. 40% of them wanted clubs permanently shut down. Um, but this this isn't even the worst thing in this poll that he's talking about. 19% of people in Britain supported a permanent 10 p.m. curfew. As in, nobody will be allowed outside after 10 p.m. ever again. British people, what are you doing? <laughs> what? I'm surprised he doesn't know about this. This is insane. The only possible excuse for this, British people, and I know you're listening. I can see the stats 
on the podcast. I know you're out there. There's like 10 of you. (laughs) The only excuse I will give you for this behavior, the poll was only like a thousand people. So it was very small. But even then, I mean, how much do you have to crave the boot and just crave martial law that one fifth of you want a curfew like they had or maybe have, I don't know, in like Egypt during like the Arab Spring, they had curfews. I don't even know what countries have curfews now. Probably only like very strict uh, like Islamic countries have this. I mean, this is beyond anything. All I can really say is that I'm, I'm glad we left. I'm glad America decided to, to part ways as soon as we did. We really, I mean, other countries left, but they were kind of just copying us, so it was lame. India, I'm looking at you. <laughs> that is a joke. But I mean, I truly cannot imagine being associated with this island anymore at this point. This, this totally blew me away, this, this poll. You see, Americans, <laughs> this is something I've, I tell people in real life, play the national anthem very quietly in the background. I think that not not really loud, but loud enough that it's more patriotic. You guys don't think I'm patriotic because all I do on this podcast is say that like the military is bad, but I actually am vaguely patriotic a little bit. Americans are the descendants of the coolest people in Europe because the coolest people left and moved to America. Basically, the people who stayed in Europe and never left were the people who said, yeah, you know, I like, I like it here. I like rolling around in the, the mud and farming and the king, he comes to town every day and he gives me a pat on the head <laughs> and we, we kiss his like scepter. And yeah, it's kind of weird that we have to do this, but I, I like it. I think it's good. These are the people who stayed. And so the people who are saying, They want a permanent curfew now. They are the descendants of those people. The people who were like kissing the scepter and like polishing the the wagon wheels on the king's uh, like convoy of horses. The descendants of those people are now saying, I think it should be illegal to go outside after 10 p.m. And that's that's how we got here. Now, you're not going to hear that on the Joe Rogan experience. Because these two people are British, and so they won't tell you this. But it is true. Now, the last poll I'll talk about before moving on to a few other things is one that Constantine brings up about national shame. He says that 35% of British people are ashamed of their country. Um, But it's actually not that high. According to a Pew Research poll from 2021 about national pride and shame, Only 10% of people in the UK are ashamed of their country. 41% say they are proud of their country. So there are actually way more proud people than ashamed people. Then 46% of people were, quote, often proud and often ashamed. So those people are, you know, they're kind of in the middle. They're like, yeah, it's good and bad. The numbers for America were pretty similar. 10% shame, but slightly less proud people and slightly more neutral people, which was kind of surprising to me. I would expect America to have less shame and more pride. 
because uh, that's sort of the stereotype, you know, America number one. Germany, however, does not have similar numbers, and not in the direction you might think. Only 5% of Germans are ashamed of their country, and 53% of them are proud, which is nice, I guess, as long as they don't get carried away like last time. That's all I'll say. The last thing I'll talk about is a very important conspiracy theory that they mention, which is the theory that Michael Jackson was chemically castrated as a child in order to preserve his high-pitched voice. I enjoy conspiracies that revolve around celebrities and things like that, because I always like to see people put a lot of effort and sort of schizo thinking into things that don't really matter. Instead... (laughs) It's just something that amuses me, like elaborate fan wiki pages. I just like to look at it. Now, the basis for this that they bring up is that MJ's quack doctor said he was castrated. Rogan mentions this. And uh, also, I learned that a French doctor, who was also a quack, wrote an entire book supporting this theory called Michael Jackson, The Secret of a Voice. It's pretty much not true, though. Ciproterone, the drug that was supposedly given to young MJ, wasn't really available at the time and was only in clinical trials, so it would have been hard for them to get it. MJ also appeared to go through puberty normally, and everyone else in his family has a naturally high-pitched voice as well. And I mean, it's not like all of them were castrated. MJ's official autopsy also revealed that there was nothing unusual about his larynx, which there would be if this was really the cause of his high voice. So hopefully this information helps all of you rest easy, knowing that Michael Jackson had fully functioning sex organs for his entire life. I'm glad I could establish that and put this to rest once and for all. I assume this has been the number one thing on your minds ever since you listened to this episode of JRE. Now, the real last thing I'll mention is that I think there might have been some stealthy self-censorship in this episode. If you go to 1 hour, 34 minutes, and 34 seconds into the episode, it looks like there might have been a cut. I'm not completely sure, but it seems like there was. Rogan says gender is, and then it cuts to the guest. I can't quite tell if he got cut off conversationally, or if it was actually edited out. It's possible that Rogan wanted to edit out his genuine opinions on what gender is, because it would simply be too controversial and he's tired of being in the news. This is just my personal conspiracy, however, and I don't know for sure. I can't, you can't really tell if it's a cut. But this is even more important than the MJ conspiracy and should be investigated further. Those are all of the notes I have for this episode. It was a pretty typical sort of episode. I mean, there was extensive discussion about stand-up and, like, boxing, you know. The only thing that really spiced it up was that they were British. And the things I have learned researching this episode have permanently altered my views on the British for the worse. If you want to listen to bonus episodes, there are nine of them now on the Patreon You can email me or message me on Twitter if you have something to say to me. Or you can just keep it to yourself, which would probably be better. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next episode.